Listener Production. Hello and welcome to Just the Gist, a weekly-ish podcast in which ordinarily Rosie Waterland and I, Jacob Stanley, give you just the gist of what you need to know about a story we think you'll find interesting enough to discuss at a dinner party. And as you all know very well by now, Rosie's been taking a bit of time off to take care of her health, so we've had some fantastic special guest hosts coming on board to serve them up a little story or they've been serving us a story. And Lindsay, this week's guest, we're trying to keep a little bit of a secret because Mm -hmm. our guest is a devoted Gisner and our guest's girlfriend or fiancé, I can't remember, also a devoted Gisner. Um, And she's not yet aware that this guest who's coming on board is doing this today. And so she is finding out, along with all of you, right this very second, right this very day, that Mr. Josh Garlip is here on Just the Gist with us this week. Hello and welcome, Josh. Hello, Lindsay. Hello, Jacob. Thank you for helping put this together. Uh, and hello, Meg, Yeehaw. if you're listening. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've been, been listening for about two years. Uh, we're at a dinner party, uh, I think around two or so years ago potentially before COVID, and uh, someone mentioned, oh, there was this emu moor in WA in a place called Campion, and we're like, what's an emu moor? And they went, Mikko and Claire went to great detail, and we're like, fire it, you guys are smart. They're like, no, you need to check out this podcast, Just the Gist. Mm. And we've been hooked ever since. So Meg and I, we're actually holding off for a little bit to save it for some road trips in WA. Uh-huh. But um, thank you, Jacob, and um, she's going to be a bit jealous, I think. Oh, well, maybe we'll have the opportunity to have her on board um, or when I'm over there to visit at the very least, we can all go out for a drink or something. Uh, So, Josh, could you please give us just the gist of who you are and what you do? Well, besides being a Just the Gist fan, I'm a podcaster. We have a podcast called Full Credit, but I'm, I'm we make comedy content, a lot of sport comedy content. I used to be mm-hmm. a sports journalist with uh, uh-huh. Fox Sports News and The West, and uh, that was where I sort of cut my teeth. And then COVID happened, started making these comedy videos. A couple did pretty well. And then from there, uh, my mates and I, Georgia and Harry, have been making through a while now. And we've done a lot of collaborations with AFL teams, NRL Origin, um, UFC coming up, the Oz Open coming up. So, um, yeah, throwing ourselves into sort of a gap in the market originally, which was we thought sports journalism was a bit too silly. And now we're, we're making a, a comedy stuff sort of almost full time. So it's been, right. it's been really fun. Love to hear it. Very good. Um, and you reached out to us uh, when Hot. you found out that we were um, bringing some guests on board and you you volunteered as tribute to come and tell us a little story. I'm not sure if it's one that you've told on your podcast Full Credit or not. In it past. is one we've told on Full Credit, but I thought it was it was one that got a really strong response uh-huh. and there was about three or four. So on our, on our podcast, we... We we talk about sport each week um, in a in a way about the weirder things of sport, you know, um, people running nude across the the pitch and stuff like that. It's, it's something very accessible. But we also I like to use all my journalism training to do a deep dive, an ABC style package uh-huh. into something extremely silly, whether that's uh-huh. what we're talking about today, or there's a couple other ones like we had um, Ian Thorpe. I don't know if you know he had his own reality TV show called Thorpe's Angels. That was another one. <laughs> oh, um, yes. and we got one of the I angels remember. on the pod. To talk about it. <laughs> you did. We did. Get out. I, I, I don't have it in front of me. I forget her name. She was so awesome. And she's actually a successful actress now. Mm. But she was in COVID in quarantine in Canada. 
uh-huh. and uh, about to film some Star Wars series. And her manager haphazardly goes, listen, this guy wants to interview about Four Piece Angels. What's that? Uh-huh. And she had four hours to kill and she goes, shit, yes, let's do it. And she was laughing the whole time at what a train wreck of a show it was. Um, yeah, so we do things like that, deep dive into sort of Australiana. Um, most of the time sports somehow related, like Mike Whitney uh-huh. from Who Dares Wins, who seems like the greatest human being on the planet. He mm. spoke to me for an hour and a half and ate a peach for a bit of it. <laughs> and then um, and just spoke, he was so pure how he hated on all current reality TV and was mm. swore that Who Dares Wins was reality TV at its purest. So, yes. um, yeah, we do a lot of things like that. Um, <laughs> one about India, India prank call as well. Jacob, I don't oh, know. okay. So this is one of the ones I've listened to. I don't think Lindsay's had a chance no, to listen to this yet. This was hilarious. Can you please just serve up even just a taste of this for the listeners? Okay, I'll try and get in about 30 seconds. So uh, one of Australia's contributions to YouTube really early and one of its best sort of widely shared viral videos before things sort of went viral was uh, this this compilation, about nine-minute compilation <laughs> of people prank calling a really um, unpopular talkback radio station on the East Coast. I think it was 2SW or 2SM. And the, every nightly quiz answer, they would just answer India. And we were obsessed with it for ages. And so, you know, what's the, who's the premier of Tasmania? And they would stitch him up, say, oh, I've got this one. Oh, thank you, Mark. Uh, it's definitely India. And Graeme Gilbert, their host, gets perpetually angrier and angrier and sigh, like a sigh, a really deep sigh. And it just goes on and on. It goes for nine minutes. It's really funny. And there was a second video too, which was another compilation. It went 10, but it got taken down from the internet. There was even a Media Watch episode entirely <laughs> devoted to it. Um, and uh, so we contacted, we tried to figure out who was behind it, or if we could, mm. we could figure it out. And it turns out a long way, a long way around, <laughs> Sam Mack from Sunrise is somehow involved <laughs> and had mentioned it on a podcast years ago. And it was him and his friends and they just, they were listening one day in the car and some woman answered India to the wrong question. So that was one of the previous questions. She's called mm-hmm. up late, an old woman, and he's just lost his mind, this guy, Graham Gilbert. <laughs> and so they started all calling up saying India and then it became an institution. And to this day, people still do it because Graham Gilbert is still there. He might have retired recently, but we rang him and I asked, hey, would you like to be in here about, do, we'd like to speak to you about it. Obviously, you've devoted your life to broadcasting. Maybe you want to speak about India. And he goes, I'm not giving them any time of day ever and effectively hung up. But he was, he was, yeah. So that's the sort of effort we go to. Um, is genius. Uh, the people who came up with this prank, I mean, round of applause to them. Um, and then the way that you then walk your audience through that story on full credit is fantastic. Just as you have to go and listen to this because you need to hear the intense levels of frustration that <laughs> that guy, what's his name, Graham? I think it's uh, Graham Gilbert. Uh, I, might, I might have it wrong, but uh, from memory, yeah. Yeah, at no point does he take it with any grain of a sense of humour. Um, he just refuses to get in on the joke. And then he doesn't even seem to contemplate shutting the segment down given that it's derailed <laughs> again and again and again by this network of people who have organised to all call up with what seems like pre-written scripts um, of how they're going to sort of get him on the hook and then reel him in uh, with the last word he wants to hear, which is <laughs> India again and again. He even prefaces a couple of times he's like, 
no, you're not one of them, are you? No, it's you're better than that. And then they, they're giggling as they yell India. Um, but yeah, I've, we've probably said enough. It's worth checking out if you look up Full Credit in India on um, Spotify, you'll be able to find it for sure. We'll put the link in the show notes and probably also the one for um, Thorpey's Angels because I definitely <laughs> want to listen to that one. It is ringing so many bells for me. I'm pretty sure one of the girls from Bardo was one of the angels, Katie Underwood. And I think the person you spoke to, I suspect her name might have been Siobhan. Correct. And it's um, scary what your brain hangs on to unintentionally. I'm pretty sure Jackie um, from Jackie O was one of them as well. Oh. Um, uh, <laughs> so Thorpey signed a deal um, after the 2000 Olympics with Channel 7. And often what outlets do is they'll just sort of claim his money. We don't want you to do anything with anyone else. Mm. And um, what what happened with Thorpe is, you know, it got two years into it before the next Olympics. So this is either after 2000 or 2004. And then they were like, well, we've got him for a TV show. We could, It's going to, you know, unless we make something, it's going to do it. So someone in a meeting somewhere at Channel 7 goes, I don't know, Thorpe's Angels, just like Charlie's Angels, but Thorpe. And then it got made. And <laughs> um, the stories that came out is people didn't really need the help. Like one time they... They, they wanted to find a lost puppy. A puppy was lost and they couldn't find the puppy. Mm. So to help the family, Charlie Thorpe's Angels was sent out and they gave the family a new puppy. Although they didn't just buy one, they got a family up the street to give their puppy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's still on the internet. And it's like, wait a minute, you spent a million bucks on Thorpe, you can't spend like $2,000 on a Labrador? <laughs> Bullied a neighbour into volunteering their own. I'm not lying. A donation. <laughs> there's a famous. She said one too, where they basically put a pond in the backyard or something, um, but didn't <laughs> let the husband know. And then the husband came home and was furious and drunk from the day. And the and they were kind of like, "Cool, can you do it again?" But happy. <laughs> but the the funniest bit about it was she was just so happy to talk about it because it was so fun. But the, one of the silver linings she said was she became really good friends with Ian Thorpe, who was obviously in a bit of an identity crisis through that period, mm. fame and sexuality and stuff like that. But they became really close friends and, a, and a, a still really good friends to this day, both going on to successful careers. Well, that's a win. <laughs> yeah. I, I would just love it if they brought like paid actors to come in and replace like the angry dad and... <laughs> The sad neighbour who had to give up their dog. Brilliant. All right, so we'll put that um, episode link in the show notes as well. Let's go ahead and jump right into whatever story you're serving us the gist of this week. Right, so uh, this one was one we covered a little bit for our pod, but I wanted to revisit it, and we had such a strong response. I thought this would be good for your listeners. Mm-hmm. Have either of you ever come across or ever owned a power balance band? No. Uh, no, I'm going to no. guess that that's something a bit like a Fitbit. Uh, close. Uh, probably a bit more special, which uh-huh. we'll find out a bit later. So what if I told you you could purchase the ability to be stronger, more balanced, more flexible, mm. all for 60 bucks? <laughs> what would you say? Would you pay the money? Sure. I love being scammed into <laughs> superpower potential. Well, in 2007, that's exactly what two brothers from Orange County promised the world, a thin silicon band with a special hologram that anyone could wear and instantly gain unbelievable physical improvements. Uh Does that sound good? Lindsay, you you look like you're in on this. Oh, I can't get enough of a fitness. Sign me up. That's what (laughs) we're discussing. She loves a hologram and she's all about silicon. (laughs) So the, the superpowers are really just cream for her. Well... 
Well, this is the thing for you. Scam, maybe, who knows? But we're going to be discussing the power balance band phenomenon uh, today and how Australia played its own special role in the rise and fall. Uh-huh. Sound good to yours? <laughs> Let's go. Okay. So in 2007, Josh Rodemile, when he just come back from Yale after studying a political science and Spanish degree at Yale, he was a high school football star in California and ends up at Yale on a scholarship despite a couple injuries. Never plays a game over there despite being a quarterback, but the deal is over there, you get a scholarship, you end up um, getting a four-year guaranteed. It's part of the NCAA rulings. Anyway, he leaves Yale and now he's like, what the hell am I going to do with his life? So him and his brother Troy, this is Josh and Troy Rodemol in California. They come together and they create this band along with some funding from a friend and also their dad called the Power Balance Band. And they promise, they promise the world that with their special Mylar hologram inside the bracelet, for those that don't know what Mylar is, I know Lindsay's a big Mylar fan. <laughs> if you have a Pokemon card with the shiny surface on it, that shiny surface is mylar. That's that material. So they promise the world that this can increase your balance, your strength, and your flexibility. And they they even have a test to show it. So <laughs> this was part of the sensation is mm. you would go down to a supermarket, you go down to a pharmacy, and someone would be there, hey, um, hi, would you like to do be better in every way? Yeah, sure. <laughs> then they would do a test. Have you stand on one foot, put out mm-hmm. your arms, and push mm. in your arm, fall mm. over. Now try with a power balance band. <laughs> and the promise was that this tapped into the body's natural frequencies. If it could be placed anywhere within the body's natural ah! energy field, <laughs> as long as the bracelet was close enough to the body, it could optimise your innate physical abilities. It uh-huh. was maximising your potential. That uh-huh. was the whole cell. <laughs> Love it. Buzzword okay. on buzzword on buzzword. Now, if this sounds a bit outrageous, this is not unlike uh, crystals. A lot of people, you might have a friend who's a crystal fan, uh, uh, Jacob and Lindsay, and uh, like to each their own completely. But this was taking the crystal model and putting it on steroids. Uh-huh. If you want an example of how this test works and how it's, there's still plenty of videos online of their official power balance band being demonstrated. So that's yeah. the three tests explaining how you can be better every single day. Uh-huh. Despite how silly this might sound to you today, at the time, it went bonkers. So between 2000 and 2009, it expanded rapidly. And part of their sell was the fact that they could put some of the world and Australia's biggest and well-known athletes' faces behind the band. Uh And this was what made this thing so crazy and hard not to believe, is you have the biggest idols in your entire life actually saying to you, you know what? This band's not only real, it's helped me win an NBA championship. All right, okay, I'm going to read a list of you of some of the people that endorsed the band um, up to about 2010, okay? Uh-huh. And these are the American contingent. I'll uh-huh. get to the Australian later on. Shaquille O'Neal, at the time, LA Laker. <laughs> <laughs> One of the biggest names in the world, let alone basketball, uh, has a four-minute video on YouTube still explaining how much Power Balance Band has increased his potential. Kobe Bryant, RIP, Kobe Bryant, Drew Brees and Matt Stafford, two championship-winning NFL players, uh, quarterbacks. Mm. Derek Rose, a former NBA MVP. Ryan Sheckler, one of the biggest pro skateboarders in the world. English cricketers Kevin Peterson and Andrew Strauss. David Beckham was a power <gasps> oh. balance man advocate. Um, and this is where this is the funnier one. Uh, 21-year-old Joe Cater won a World Series of Poker and $8.5 million wearing a power balance band. 
And two others that you probably weren't thinking of were Gerard Butler (laughs) and Robert De Niro, also seen wearing the likes of Kate Middleton and Demi Moore. Okay, at this point I have to lay eyeballs on this thing. Should I just Google images or should I look at one of the videos... Don't don't look the at the video yet. yet. Not yet. Uh, okay. actually, maybe just look at how insignificant it looks in a, a photo. Just look up power balance band and then images on Google. Power balance band. But be where the aura might shine through. <laughs> it looks like just like a like my first ever thing that would count your steps. Kind of looks like this, like a thin uh, watch band of yeah. silicon and different colours. If I saw someone watching this, I would assume it is a very sort of basic Fitbit type Mm. thing that's monitoring their heart rate and steps and whatnot. Um, Or they're wearing it to raise money for charity. Mm. (laughs) It's funny you say that because do you guys remember the Livestrong bands? Yes. So they managed to raise 75 million US from a a very cheap band, uh, like a a $1 to $5 band. I can't remember the exact donation. Well, this was 60 Australian dollars or around 35 US dollars. Or if you wanted the pendant version, 90 US. So that was a bit of silver, a bit, bit more um, high vibra- vibrations. Ooh, so a huge markup. Um, and at the peak of its power, it was named Sports Product, Sports Brand of the Year by CNBC. In in 20, 2010, in the US alone, they brought in 35 million US dollars in sales. They Ooh. signed a five-year deal as the Sacramento Kings NBA team stadium naming rights, so they were Power Balance Pavilion, and they're also one of the major sponsors of the LA Kings, which is an NHL hockey team. So huge names, huge notoriety, lots of money, and, of course, a lot of sales uh, worldwide. Wow. And I've never heard of them. Mm. Huh. We obviously haven't reached your potential, Jacob. I'm, <laughs> I'm waiting for the right time to maximise and level up. Yeah. So then, so then you're thinking, okay, well, where does Australia line this if they have some sort of part in this big story? So in 2009, a plumber by the name of Sean is in Bali and he's <laughs> surfing waves over there. This is how the story goes. And he comes across, across a tra- an extractor who's wearing a power balance band mm-hmm. and he's there with his partner. He says, hey, what's that? And the as you are in Bali, Bali, you know, there's a lot of vibrations there more than anywhere, potentially. <laughs> he says, you know what, I'll, I'll show you. It's a power balance band. It's amazing. It's like increased my my strength, my um, my balance, my flexibility. And that's the other thing. People, once they were conned, they became advocates. I remember oh. my, my brother had one and he was telling me oh, I was an idiot, that it's yeah. been amazing. Yeah. I remember people at school having it being like, we're so fast now. Um, I can run 100 metres in 30 seconds. Um, things like that. So... Sean was hooked. So he's seen this and it isn't in Australia yet, really, but you're seeing these famous people wear it. He heads back to Victoria and tells his uncle Tom, who's a carpenter, and says, Hey, we should try and get the Australian Australasian distribution rights for this band. Uh-huh. And and Tom's a bit skeptical, but he apparently tried it on his mum and was <laughs> so so surprised by the change that they immediately went on in it. So these two <laughs> tradies maximized mum. <laughs> We've unlocked her potential. Mum's gone maximum. (laughs) Sorry, what kind of changes, like with the mum example, like Um, what kind of changes would she have noticed? Levitation, uh, (laughs) see-through doors. um, I I don't know, Lindsay. 
this was such a piecemeal. I know that you read books, Jacob, and there's documentaries and stuff. This is a real blank spot because and I'll get to later on the fallout from all this. It, it, it sort of was most felt in Australia, but um, I yeah, I, it, it was hard to to substantiate any of the claims, basically. And that really? goes for no, no, but, but even <laughs> even uh, outside of articles, that was uh, Sydney Morning Herald's interest in the story in the Age became very much them documenting. But for some reason, they didn't follow up the mum's, uh, mm. I guess, physical changes. <laughs> Despite her ability to move objects with her mind. The mum just became Matilda. <laughs> uh, um, so Sean and Tom, they're pumped. So hmm. they 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 reach out to the Rodamel brothers and they say, hey, we'd like to acquire the Australasian distribution rights. And they, hmm. they say, yeah, go for it. So they get them and they go to the Adelaide show, the Adelaide, <laughs> Adelaide Royal show, and they reportedly sold about 50 bands... Uh, a day for 10 days, mm-hmm. so 500 bands. They're like, wow, we've actually got something here. Mm-hmm. Um, and that coupled with the international um, sportsmen being advocates, all of a sudden they're doing really well. And, mm-hmm. in fact, in a year, in just over a year, the company itself is making millions of dollars in Australia, so the mm-hmm. Australian distribution alone. Mm-hmm. And then they followed the same business model. They've said, all right, let's, um, let's get Australian athletes involved. So these are some of the Australian names. So we had Simon Black, Nick Regwald, and Brendan Favola. So he was one of the biggest names in Australian AFL uh, back in the day. He was had a very tumultuous career. He's now made a career um, in radio and is really successful in the media. Uh-huh. But at the time, he'd moved to um, the Brisbane Lions and was probably the biggest clickbait article. Andrew Bogut, who went the number one draft pick in uh, for he was Australia's first number one draft pick in the NBA in 2005. He was an advocate in Australia, and he has an ad online still where he's dunking and stuff, being like, "Power balance band has changed my life." NRL star Benji Marshall, bigger loser, biggest loser host Shannon Ponton, um, Bondi Beach Rescue lifeguards, and finally Bo Ryan. They were some of the names that I could find that were the Australian advocates, and all of these came from Sean just reaching out to them. Or someone from that group reaching out and basically saying, "Hey, we'll give you a bit of money. You mm. can use it." But the thing is, a lot, of, a lot of these athletes that people don't point out, they believed it. A lot of them actually really were in on it. And we uh-huh. we reached out to Brendan Favola and spoke to him directly. And it took a bit, but he just laughs about it so much now. Yeah. In fact, he was so in on it that <laughs> during games you weren't allowed to wear it because you could potentially, you know, break a finger if mm. someone catches on it or something. Oh yeah. He would wear it and strap it with strapping. So oh. he would be able to, because he felt like he was running through brick walls with this thing on. He had his belief so high, whether the placebo was that strong or not. And he reckons he got the whole team to wear it. Like, <laughs> I'm really speechless about this. They must truly have believed it so much that it had a real proper placebo effect on them. Am I completely am I right? Like, I think so. I think that's the thing with all of this is like um, you speak a bit, there's so many so many times you see the placebo effect and a lot of it just being in existence or any change is the first thing. And um, a lot of this time, and I was going to speak this later, but a lot a lot of this time, the thing about the bands is because they're just a piece of silicon, they cost like 40 cents to make mm. each in China or whatever. Yeah. A big problem too is a lot of knockoffs stop being made. And mm. unfortunately, the placebo effect with a knockoff is pretty similar to a power balance band. <laughs> <laughs> the best one I found was just blatantly called... The placebo band. And they were were selling it on Amazon for three bucks. Yes. 
<laughs> Which really pissed them off because if why were they using fake placebo? Honestly. <laughs> I can't believe how long this lasted. I really like I I reckon if this had launched just a couple of years ago, it would have been shut down within like six to eight months. I can't believe this has gone on for so long. Do you think so? Like, I don't know. I feel, is there any equivalent right now that is it is out as outrageous? I, I, I'm trying to think because I feel like there's some some things that last nowadays with conspiracies, but I suppose there's no physical elastic band. At least. I don't. I don't think that you could get away, or maybe you could get away with something physical like this. But I think definitely a lot of um, like nutrition, quote unquote, science. I think is probably just as volatile, or even more so nowadays than it was. Back then, people have so many avenues now when they truly are an expert in a field that they can come forward and debunk bullshit. Um, so, I mean, I'm not on TikTok, but like, for example, not that long ago when um, Gwyneth Paltrow brought out her jade egg for the for JJ, um, <laughs> heaps of uh, gynecologists were coming out and saying, do not put this inside you um, on platforms like TikTok. And, you know, there are so many podcasts out there as well. So I feel like um, so many more people have a microphone now. I feel like it's easier than it was back then to debunk something like this. I may be totally naive here in believing this, but... Um, I think there's there's also like, as you were saying, Jacob, yes, there's more opinions to debunk, but there's also more rabbit holes to go down for the other side. As That's well. a good point. That's a very good point. Yep. And um, a lot more charlatans out there um, who are amplifying garbage nonsense like this, usually because they've got some sort of financially incentive to do so. Yeah. But it's still funny in hindsight, this one, because no one got that badly hurt, despite a couple payments. Okay. So we're at the guys at the Adelaide show having a great time, rubbing mm. shoulders with the best. Uh, but then skeptics are starting to come out, particularly in Australia. And I think that's something we should be proud of is that <laughs> quite early on it, from its inception in Australia, people were like, oh, bullshit. Mm. Um, in fact, like uh, there was a guy called Dr. Dr. Carl. Obviously, you guys know him. Um, he mm. basically said it was a total con. This is in 2009, so he's ahead of it. So uh-huh. there's actually, it's quite interesting when you look at the articles from the time in the space of a year, the Sydney Morning Herald are lauding Sean and Tom for their amazing effort creating this new industry. And then a year later, sort of everyone's doing the pile-on. It's a, uh-huh. what we say now, like a cancelling, but it's an old-fashioned pile-on where there's just article after article, understanding people click on it. Mm-hmm. So at their peak, they're across more than 700 stores within Australia. And that was just Australia, like surf stores, golf uh-huh. stores, massage therapists, chiropractors, physiotherapists, pharmacies, things like that. And they were selling for $60 each in Australia. And they were extremely popular. So hundreds of thousands sold um, across the entire nation, people yeah. buying them for everyone. In fact, even my girlfriend's mum bought one for their dog. You could buy power balance <laughs> for their dog. Stop it. To help with arthritis for those back legs. Yeah. Out of town. I cannot believe this passed me by. 2010, not that long ago Mm, as well. No, and at that time I was working in the beauty industry and, you know, vanity and wellness are basically the same thing with slightly different branding. And so many of the people that I worked with, they would jump onto something like this. And a lot of them were quite woo-woo, so they were into their crystals and manifestations and that sort of thing. So you would have had like the spiritually sort of people who talk about chakras and wavelengths and everything. I just, I can't believe that the the circles I was moving in, no one was wearing one of these and no one was like 
proselytizing about them to me. Maybe they were just floating and flying around too much of the time that <laughs> you just, they were out of your life for a bit and then they physically came back down to earth. Um, I don't know. Uh, so the downfall, this is the this is the interesting part. So as fast as the rise was up to 2010, the fall was pretty quick, despite the fact all through about 2009, 2010, there was a lot of negative press. Today, tonight, it became one of their favourite, uh, despite doing a couple stories early today, tonight, a current affair, mm. um, that were kind of positive. They were like, you be the judge. Um, later on, they were pretty scathing with it, but nothing could stop sales. Like, the, despite all these negative things going on, nothing could really happen mm. until the ACCC came in. <laughs> so... To their credit, the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission came in and actually did something. They're often sort of described or criticised for being a bit of a toothless mm. beast in, mm. in their overwatch of consumer protection. But in this mm. case, and you can see the press releases, about 11 pages online, and even a, a news story on the ABC with their then president, uh, chairman rather, um, Graham Samuel. And he says, we we just uh, we just didn't believe what they did and we asked them about it and they couldn't substantiate any of the claims in any way. <laughs> so they didn't even try to, they just couldn't. <laughs> they said they had no credible evidence to support any claims at all. That's the quote. <laughs> I wish they'd tried to fabricate something just completely unbelievable, but I actually... <laughs> Maybe I respect them more that they just went, oh, no, we've, we've got no evidence whatsoever. So Australia was one of the first countries to sort of make a hard move on it. Spain and Italy followed, which I'll get to in a second. But the ACCC handed down that only the claims about its products, if they are supported by a written report from an independent testing body makes um, that met a certain standard, could be put on the packaging, the website and all the ads. Um, they had to publish uh, corrective advertising to prevent consumers from being misled in the future, amend Australian website to remove any misleading representations, change the packaging, offer a refund to any consumers that feels like they've been misled and remove the words performance technologies. This is all the stipulation found by the ACCC, to which, to their credit, the Australian <laughs> distributors adhered. So what was left of the website? Come and buy yeah. this pink piece of plastic. It's still on. It's still up to the, this day. The website day. is still Some there. Some version of the website is still there to this day, which makes it pretty scary that people are probably still uh, <gasps> buying them. But uh, there's more to it. So as I spoke to earlier, the, the rise of the other bands as well um, saw a big drop in, in uh, I guess, sales. Despite the yeah. $35 million in the US um, in 2010, and that was a big rise from the year prior. Um, there was a bit of a drop there, and obviously the widespread scepticism, despite the increase, saw obviously a drop in Australia <laughs> as well. But um, one of the things we found with our podcast is when we put the word about the powers balance bands, is people started sending audio messages about their experience, oh, about their stingy out. mate who was selling, um, buying 400 from China and selling them from his locker <laughs> for five bucks a pop and is making a killing. And um, everyone from like people's dads who swore by it and bought everyone their gift for the next two years. Um, <laughs> yeah, some of the stories people really resonated with. Even like uh, Kane Corns, who is a talking head for the AFL, him and his brother were both very good players for Port Adelaide and they even admitted that they were pretty into it as well, giving each other shit. So um, it, it is in the right circles in Australia. There's a lot of people that find it quite funny and uh, even even went down that rabbit hole as well. So, <laughs> so good. 
so the Australian revelations were actually pointed to. So at the same time as Australia is having its downfall, the American owners, the Rotomel brothers, are getting a bit of pressure as well. But they're saying what happened in Australia is not their fault. No, no, no. Not not the fact they did it. They, they said that they shouldn't be held accountable from some poor decisions in labelling from distribution owners from another country like Spain, Italy and and uh, Australia. Uh-huh. And the ACCC's findings was more a representation for them being bad rather than us. Due to the unauthorised marketing tactics of an independent distributor in Australia and the proliferation of counterfeit operations of which we obviously have no control, power balance has become the target of a number of class action lawsuits. Uh-huh. There was talk there was about 50 million um, uh, potentially being asked from them and they eventually just <gasps> declared bankruptcy and the company came to an end. Sorry, 50 million people or $50 million? $50 million. And they said they only had about $10 in assets. Uh And part of their, uh, I guess, what would you say that, uh, liquidation, was some of the outstanding debts were to like 400000 to Kobe Bryant was owed. So obviously they were paying him and they couldn't pay him. And that that was a running thing we heard with all the athletes is they just didn't get paid at the end. Um, right. because they didn't have any more money, declare for bankruptcy, so null and void. Um, there was guys like Blake Griffin on there, um, the LA Clippers player, um, and even Brent Favola said as fast as they approached him, they pretty much disappeared. Even the AFL released their own press release, the Players Association, yeah. saying we, that we've informed the players, they can make their own decision whether they want to be associated or not. And obviously 90% of them walked away. I think all of them walked away. But wow. the, the Rotomel brothers, they had around $50 million in debts and they were threatened with even more, around $50 million in fines. Uh, but they said they only had $10 million in assets, um, and, but they didn't take any accountability and instead made the place bankrupt in 2011. So as fast as it rose uh, between sort of 20, 2009 and 2010, in its really peak moment, it pretty much came to an end in 2011, despite it still being online, as we said before. <laughs> In Australia, I reached out to Tot Sean. Yeah. I wanted to speak to him. The funniest thing about all uh, four of the owners in Australia and and the US, they all list power balance bands still on their LinkedIn. Huh. <laughs> in case an employer goes, hey, what were you doing in these two years? Mm. Oh, um, Grifting. I don't know. You probably. <laughs> I, I don't know if you saw it. it maybe if it's Jacob, Jacob would be like, wow, that's... Jacob, that's what that's if it was before this episode, Jacob, you would have been like, what an intriguing uh, entrepreneurial two years you had. You're high. <laughs> uh, so Sean went on with his life, and it was it now works another another job. Tom is almost re- re- retired apparently. And one thing when I rang him, he was he was keen to speak at the start because they were so walked all over, and they felt as if you know they were a little bit duped as well, mm. despite being you know obviously some somewhat somewhat involved. Um, they felt as soon as she'd hit the fan in Australia, the American contingent turned their backs to them and it was just a pile on. And mm. there was, they, he maintains they never made any money out of their, that period. They got paid a salary. They paid themselves a salary. But even when liquidators came in, normally money can't be accounted for. They said all money could be accounted for and they were actually surprised that they couldn't um, couldn't sort of find money disappeared to Panama or something like that, yeah. which is probably part of the reason why they didn't end up in prison or anything like that. A lot of people said that the Australian distributors probably got a slap on the wrist but at the same time, um, they reckon they complied with the refunds. Now, the thing with the refunds was, though, they were selling to dis- to outlets for $30 who were selling for 60 but people mm. were sending the refunds to Sean and Tom for 60 
So they were actually down 30 every single refund. This is what he was he was saying. Regardless, um, they went on their lives and they seem to have started a new life and hopefully uh, they've continued on and they're working in their lives in what was probably the craziest two years they'll ever experience, rubbing shoulders and power balance banding. As for the Americans... <laughs> Josh Rodemel married a professional golfer and is currently the CEO of two companies, 4x400 and Common Thread Collective, an e-commerce holding company. So if that doesn't scream uh, red flags, uh, a guy from a huge international scam going into e-commerce, I don't yeah. know what would, mm. says he's worth around $6 million and his wife, the professional golfer Natalie Gulbis, is worth about $5 million herself. And this is based on those shonky um, celebrity net worth websites. Uh-huh. Troy Rodemel uh, pivoted to a company called Qualo, Q-A-L-O, and is the co-owner, uh, which like Power Balance made, uh, makes a lot of, actually, this is funny. He's still stayed in silicon, but instead of doing um, like Power Balance bands, it's like silicon rings and they're about the same pr- price point as Power Balance bands. Um, so jewelry, silicon rings and things like that. And they both, as I said, still have it on their LinkedIn because they're very, very proud of everything they've achieved. The funniest bit about the whole thing was um, the 4x400 com- company has a talking head, uh, a guy that does a podcast every week about, you know, the e-commerce industry. It's the same guy that does all the walkthroughs of the Power Balance bands 10 years ago. He's obviously just their mate. <laughs> and they've got him back in. Um, and every single country had their own sort of reaction to Power Balance bands. Spain apparently sold 300,000 bracelets with the country worth about th- in the country worth about $13 million. Uh, and they find the company about $20,000. Italian mm. authorities find Palo Balance bands 450000 and the company's Italian distributor around 66000 So it really varied in every single country, but mm. Australia probably had the strongest reaction because in Italy, it's actually to this day, they still sell and distribute Palo Balance quite a lot. And I don't know if you guys have been to Italy much, but they love their superstitions, so I wouldn't be surprised mm. if there's a couple nonnas uh, walking around <laughs> with a band somewhere. Walking? Um, <laughs> running. Flying, bouncing, (laughs) levitating. Oh, my goodness. I have to say one of the biggest surprises of that whole story was that the people didn't end up in cryptocurrency and NFTs. I thought for sure that's where they were going to wind up with their new scam they were running. I'm amazed how closely this aligns to Elizabeth Holmes and the Theranos story. Mm. Just telling people that a technology exists, promising them that it works, taking their money and then just doing everything you can to perpetuate the lie for as long as you possibly can while you're building a house of cards the entire time. Like the hubris of it all with all these things. Um, the, the, there's another Australian scam, Firepower. It was this uh, fuel pill that would make fuel burn better and the guy ripped off so many people. But the hubris of all these scammers where they were like, you know what, we're doing so well, let's also sponsor a stadium. Like <laughs> if we want to be out of the spotlight, let's do it too. Like... Um, power balance, uh, like firepower. They decide to own three professional teams in Australia, like mm. the South, um, the Southern, uh, sorry, Illawarra Dragons or whatever. Um, I, just, I just never get over the hubris to be like, oh, it'll never catch up ever. We're mm. the smartest people mm. in the world. Um, that yeah, Elizabeth Holmes bang on. Yeah, they have supreme confidence in themselves that they're never going to have to face a consequence for the choices they've made. Delicious. So good. Thank you so much, Josh. I thoroughly enjoyed that. And one question, I thought you might get to the answer of this at some point. Um, of 
like, did they ever offer any real explanation for how the technology worked? Mm. And I'm asking this because I spent so long working in the beauty industry and there was always a new ingredient, a new delivery system, some sort of new technology in skincare that this time this really works. That was always the promise with the new thing that was coming on the market. And it would always come with some sort of like soundbite or something that you could use with customers to help them understand that this ingredient that's been discovered by these people is going to do this, which will have this result and benefit for you. Was there any sort of, you know, catchphrase, selling phrase along those lines that they were using? They lent on the entire time. It interacts with the the body's natural vibration and frequency. Mm. And when they got called upon by the ACCC, they came back with, we have no credible evidence. And to their credit, um, the US contingent also said they have no evidence Mm. and then just folded. (laughs) So they they flew so close to the sun, then dove Mm. into the sun kind of. (laughs) Was there meant to be a microchip or a magnet or something behind the do, hologram? Do we or even have frequencies? Itself? Like, do human bodies have frequencies? Yeah, I think if you're lucky, Lindsay. No, I'm not the one to ask. I just think uh, they they literally took the thing, they did the Pokemon model, shiny, shiny better than non-shiny, and uh-huh. so they put mm. the Mylar shiny chip inside it. And I guess... I don't know. I think there's something about the sunk cost fallacy mm. as well that everyone adopts. It's like, well, I've already been duped. Mm. If if I admit it, that this whole thing's a scam, then I've been a little bit duped as well. But maybe part of the turning point is because it was only $60. Because if it's $10,000, mm. you, might, you might be a bit more willing to back it to the death or something like yeah. that. Yeah, Pete Levin. Uh, what was his name? Pete Evans and the, um, mm. the special salt lamp things that cured COVID. Yeah, had that been at a lower price point, he probably would have moved several more units than he actually did (laughs) and then would have had a lot more people backing him up. Um, Yeah, I guess, and this also would have had a trendy factor to it as Mm. well, like the the fashion statement element. Like, remember when everyone was wearing Kabbalah red strings, um, Mm. even if they were just making their own because they wanted to jump on a trend because they'd seen some of their favourite celebrities wearing them. So they didn't even care whether it worked, did anything, whatever statement it made. All they cared about was the factor that aligned to the celebrity they wanted to resemble best. Yeah, well, the list of celebrities is so big that um, I found it even interesting. It's like Brenna Favola talking about how he was like, well, it must be all right because Shaq wears it. Mm. It's like another yeah. level of athlete. So he's looking at them. He's a professional athlete, one of the best of in his craft at the time or yeah. even though he was, on, he was still kicking goals. But even it, I think that's pretty powerful. It's such a powerful thing to go, well, if it's good enough for the person I idolise, it's good enough mm. for me. Mm. Yeah. Well, this comes back to the fact that I can't believe I never heard about it and I probably would have tried it. And I probably would have believed it. I mean, the placebo effect proven to be very, very, very powerful. So I'm yeah, I'm surprised I wasn't sucked in by this. And listeners, please get in touch with us via the Instagram. Let us know if you had one of these, if you have one of these, if you felt a difference, if you didn't, what that difference did feel like. We would love to know your experiences. So do get in touch with us and let us know. Josh, thank you so much for serving that up for us. That was no, thank you guys so much for having us. Really it was awesome. Weird. Sorry if I spoke too much. I, I, I you, you don't know. All. It's just a bit harder with the the distance of as, as well to read, and you know what I mean. 
No, that was excellent. I am so excited to go home and watch some of these videos. Yes, can you please send us through a selection yeah, of um, yeah, the I'll best send ads you. because we definitely want to consume them and we'll put them in the show notes so the listeners can enjoy as well. Um, anything you want to say before we wrap up? Any parting words? Where can everyone find you? Oh, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, maybe just check out our socials on TikTok and Instagram. We just make comedy videos. If you like sport, if you like AFL, if you like anything, it's at Josh Garlop. Um, we're going through a name change in the new year. And if you... A personal like, name change or full credit? <laughs> yeah, we're, going to, we're changing our uh, sort of handle to a more group thing, uh, just a bit better for marketing and things like that. But um, at Josh Garlop. And uh, the podcast is full credit and so it's at Spotify. And if you want to check out any of the previous episodes, they might work for you. So they're all embedded in the apps. Excellent. Thank you so much for spending time with us. That was so much fun. And we'll look forward to catching up with you again at some point in the future, I'm sure. Awesome. Cheers, Jacob. See you, Lindsay. Cheers. Nice to meet you guys. Bye. Bye. Hey, listeners, there is more to come next week. We've got another story to serve up for you. Here's a little nibble of it. Have a taste. So I wanted to pose a question about how you would feel about running in this sun that you love so much mm-hmm. for 217 kilometres through the desert in the middle of summer from the lowest point in North America to the highest point in the contiguous United States in under 48 hours. <laughs> Not great. <laughs> Listener.